0: This is Pastor Keith Norman, and I want to thank you for tuning in to the podcast where we mix it up a little bit and we discuss those subjects that are pertinent and relevant to our growth in Christ. Oftentimes you'll hear us come on and we'll talk about subjects that we preached about on Sunday and allow people to ask questions, and then we'll talk about those fresh new subjects and we'll talk about the things that are right there nearest and dearest to your heart. Join me every weekday. You can tune on to Spotify, iTunes, or Google Podcasts glad you're our guest And so forth i want to do a couple of things tonight uh, as we get started i uh, do want to do about five minutes because a part of the podcast uh, is that uh, we did review the sermon on sunday and just have any insight i'll take about five minutes on that or seven minutes or something like that whatever you say but first before i do anything how about that teacher for the last two weeks uh, she was awesome i think she was great Uh, I heard she did a great job, I listened in, I watched, Uh, one night, y'all didn't know it, I was in the balcony, uh, came in, and then I snuck behind Craig up there and hung out and listened, and uh, she did an excellent job. It's one of those subjects that you could really teach every six months almost, and every year for sure, and it's worth uh, revisiting. Um, annually because things change. Your love languages, your habits, and your evolution. Amen. Your evolution comes about. There's that teacher I was talking about right there. Uh, So you evolve, and so uh, one of the things I think was the focus of one of her instructional messages was how we evolve and how we change. We get to know ourselves a little better, don't we? Uh, Some of us faking right now, and then uh, later on in life we become more settled and secure with who we are, and we don't mind really saying this is who I am and what I like and what I need and what I want. Um, And so uh, I I invite you to always explore that. If that's one of those books that you purchase, don't give it away. Keep it because it will be one of those um, Christian books that will be updated every five or ten years when you see new editions come out because as we learn more in God's work and God's language, there are some books, some pieces of literature, that never change and they never ever go away. Um, that one is one. There was one by Jim Eggleston that was written many years ago. Um, uh, what men need, what 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 women want, what men need. That's a good one. It is constantly updated, and they're Christian books. These are. These are books that speak openly about the needs and wants of people because as we begin to know ourselves better, it's like anything else. A great body of work continu- continues to uh, evolve and stack and you build on the foundation. And education, any form of good education, you take the foundational core stuff and you kind of chip away at some things and you add on to it, you shape it, and you see how we get to a, a better uh, understanding. So great work for the teacher on the last couple of weeks. Uh, give her a hand again. Thank you very much, Katie. You did a great job. Um, so we'll, we'll continue. Tonight is the other, the, the fourth part. Um, we did three lessons, then that two, and then this really is another part. Those first three lessons were uh, all one group. This is called Returning to Your First Love. Uh, It is written by Dr. Tony Evans. This book is another one of those staple books. Uh, It's from a series that I read in 1992 through 95. I remember teaching this and being a part of this Bible study in Indianapolis, Indiana. It was from the Understanding God series. And the Understanding God series was just a whole lot of things about core Christianity, basic stuff and even though this book has it's, it's it was written like in 94 95 uh it has been uh i think there's a second edit to it now uh second or third edit so you know there are some things you go back and you kind of pencil in and take out and update and edit and so forth but nothing like you know the original foundation of the book and it is a it was a book that was helpful for me and i recommend it to people Still, only because it's one of those things that when you're searching, uh, how many of us have ever gotten off track in anything in our life? All right, gotten off track. So when you get off track, you try to get back on track, but you know getting back on track is harder than getting off track. It's easy to get off track. Oh man, but getting back on track, right? So you can gain five pounds over the Thanksgiving weekend, right? But it take you two, three weeks to lose the five that you gained. And you gain them all in like a day or two or something like that. So it's hard uh, to get back on track when you've gotten off track. And this was one of those uh, books for me at a point in my life that I knew what I knew from an early age. I knew what I what I've been exposed to. I knew my growth. I knew where I was going, you know, pretty much in life. And I knew what my faith expressions were. But I got to admit, college helped me to get off track. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Life helped me to get off track. Amen. Do I have any witnesses? And so life happens on the way to you living and doing all of these things. And so you can get off track and and getting off track. uh, And and the strange thing about getting off track sometimes you don't know it. You know, you kind of and we used to call it in church the S word. What was that? Strayed away. Y'all remember that word? They strayed away. Or they, you know, or they've fallen. Or the B word. What's the B word? Backsliding. All right. That's when you, you know, you can That's when you miss one Sunday in church, right? <laughs> That's when you miss one Sunday in church, and your grandmama stand up and say, "Y'all pray for Keith he ain't in church." <laughs> And, you know, she started telling your business and stuff. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. I don't know if y'all ever saw that thing with Jamie Foxx. And Jamie Foxx said he stopped going to church for like three weeks, and then he went back because his grandmama stood up and said, y'all pray for my grandson. Uh, Something wrong with him. He had everybody thinking he had a disease and all that kind of stuff. And they would see him on the street, and he was going. They would say, we praying for you at church. And he was like, all I did was miss two Sundays, you know. But uh, it, it was called backsliding, falling, and, and getting off track. And so we're going to look at that lesson on tonight. Uh, I did want to go and do quick five on Sunday if I, because if someone told me I had gotten away from that. And I do want to give if you Want to say a thing about it. Uh, it was a sermon called Accepted in Places of Rejection. That's all it was. Uh, any help, anybody, any comment, anything you want me to change, never say again. Do twice next time. Going once, going twice. Alright, what's your password Daryl? See Darrell, you're standing on the corner again and that phone going to get you in trouble. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Yeah, my understanding of his instructions is not required. The, the lepers were what? On their way, but they, he said go to, go what? Show yourselves to the priest and the Old Testament said what? In order to show yourself to the priest, you had to have been clean for 10 days, eight days, in some cases, 10 days, right? But they were looking at my present condition. I'm not clean yet. And believe it or not, I encountered that very conversation today. I encountered that very conversation today. Speaking with a friend, a friend who was speaking to a friend, and that person was saying, I'm ready to go to, I I don't go to church. Why? Because I ain't got myself together yet, right? I ain't got myself together yet. If we wait to get ourselves together to go to church, guess what? Church is empty. Church is empty, all right? So you're absolutely right. I don't have to understand the instructions in order to walk by faith. Abram did not understand them. The Lord said, leave your home, leave your father, and go to a place that I will show you. It wasn't clear yet where he was supposed to go. Moses did not understand them. He says, Moses... He says, Moses says, I will now stop and see why this bush burns, but it is not consumed. And he spoke to him and told him what to do. So, yes, God gives instructions and he does not do inquisition with instruction. That was uh, a favorite of mine because I am thankful that God doesn't take me through the inquisition. A whole lot of questions. When he starts to bless me and direct me. All right. Any other questions, comments or other? Okay, okay. All right. Thank you. Good input. All right. Let's go to tonight's lesson. Returning to your first love. This is putting God back in first place. The title. Let's talk about it. Returning. And if you saw this book, it looks like this. All right. There's all of the covers to the uh, to the um, to the uh, understanding God series looks like this. It is an uh, it's an old uh, series of Bible study books or personal study books, but um, they're still very relevant. They're still very relevant. Tony Evans is the pastor of uh, church, the Urban Initiative in Dallas, Texas. His wife just passed recently a few weeks ago, uh, and so Tony is really a, a really one of my favorite of all pastors that I read. Uh, really love his work because. It's, it's contemporary, uh, and it, it speaks to me to people at a level in which they can really grasp it. All right, so this is a great book. I, rec- I highly recommend it. Okay, it's, it's called Putting God Back in Your First Place. That's the subtitle, okay? Uh, Putting God Back in First Place. So just from the title and the subtitle, what is it saying? What is, what is suggested? What is, did anybody want to see it? Is that what y'all, is this somebody holding? Okay. I ain't going to pass my book out because y'all don't give them back. What does it say to you? Yes. That God isn't in first place. It can say also God was putting God back in first place. So at some point God is not, but it can say also he was, right? Um, Can you think of a time in your life when you can truly say God was in first place? All right. When was that? When I was in trouble. Daryl is honest. He said, when I, whenever we're in trouble, God is in first place. Amen. All right. What else? When I'm younger, when I was deployed, as in, I. oh, yes, under stressful concerns and situations, all right, limited focus, life is, is, is threatened to some degree, all right, bless God for you, thankful that you came through that, all right. What other times? When I didn't have much, oh, this is going to be a good Bible study because y'all already got it. It's already, y'all already finished it. When I was, somebody said sick, right? Things that focused me singularly, yes, ma'am. Tell me your name. Miss Marilyn, thank you. Recovering, right? I, I'm, I'm recovering from, perfect, right? Uh, uh, when, 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 it, when, you know, when was God first? can Think of a time when God was just first, when I first got saved. Hallelujah. Amen. Was somebody going to change the world when you got saved? I mean, gonna, yeah, I was. I had planned on that. I'm going to live for Jesus, right? I stood up in church and told him, I'm going to live for God I live. I must follow Christ, right? And I tried to as much as I could in my own strength. Amen. Okay, anybody else? Just a time. All of these things are valid points in our life when God was first, right? And so what the title suggests to us is that he can be and is and should be our first love. If we're going to do anything that Chiesa taught us over the last two weeks and that we went over in the first three weeks and we learned about the different kinds of love, if God is not the anchor, the core, the center, then everything else has no premise and basis. God is love. First John tells us that. And so since God is love, our ability to love, lesson number one, our ability to love, is always based on God. So if I'm going to love God, if I'm going to love humanity, if I'm going to know my own way of wanting to be loved and my own way of trying to love others, then guess what? i got to have God in primary position. Because everything I know about love comes from my relationship with God. I can look at those examples. So what this author is saying to us is that he says we need to return to our first love. We have to put God back in first place. Okay, uh, think of one thing right now. You just, just, just don't, don't say it out loud. Just when you get it, just kind of hold your hand up when you know what it is. What is the one thing that competes with God for first place in your life? I said don't say it. <laughs> You're going to tell your business in here. Now, I want to know. I but when you think of it, just raise your hand, right? If you, do you know what it is? That's the only thing I want you to know. I don't want you to tell nobody, right? Confess your sins to God. <laughs> Confess your faults one to another, right? I don't want to know what it is. I don't want you to tell anybody. I'm not, and, and relationships, I know that that can happen. But you've got to know what it is that's competing with God in order to rightly identify where you need to be. You can't ever get back to, to center if you don't know where center is. You can't ever get back to center if you don't know what's drawing you away, right? You can't ever get back to Kansas until you click your heels. You got to know where it is. What did they tell Dorothy, it's within. Home is within the heart, right? All right. So I want to I want to uh, take you through uh, something on tonight, and I want to you know I love song ministry because that last song I let y'all listen to. Uh, that tough love piece. A lot of people got a lot of it. I got a song I want you to hear tonight. And I need you to listen to this song. Don't get caught up. Listen to the song. And write one word or short phrase for each emotion you hear being expressed. So here again. Listen to the song. As you're listening, the, song, the, the singer is saying something. And they're expressing how they feel or what's going on in this love relationship. All right, DJ, play the song. See, some of y'all gone already. Thank you. What was going on in that? It's a lot of stuff going on in there, right? So the What has happened? The love has been strained, right? There's some, tell me what you heard. All right, give me one word at a time. You you heard, where'd you hear discouragement? All right, so discouragement. Give me one word you heard. Communication. Tell me what's wrong. Right, all right. I saw Hanover. All right, confessions. Talk to me, okay? (laughs) Yes. Circles. This is a crazy cycle we're going through, right? Somebody else. Neglect. All right. Neglect in a love relationship. Now, I want you to get these words because even though we're talking about a man and a woman, I want to see what parallels we see in our relationship with God. All right? All right, what else? Inconsistency. All right, that was one of the ones I had, all right? Forgiveness. All right, tell me what, what, tell me what line inconsistency brought. came out. First you love me, then you hate me, right? All right, then what'd you hear? Forgiveness, and what, where was that attached to? That's all we do, all right, Teresa? Confusion, all right? Confu- you heard confusion too? All right, what'd you hear? Where'd you hear confusion? Okay, good. All right, what else did you hear? Game for fools, right? This don't even, we, we are better than this. We are better than this. That's a game that's for fools. We are better than that, all right? Did, were you saying something, sir? you just agreeing with all of it. No trust, okay? What would you hear, Patty? Blame. I wrote blame on there. Where would you hear blame? You say it's me and I say it's you. Right, 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 right. God is not treating me right. You ain't never, you ain't never blamed nothing on God, have you? God ain't answering my prayers. God doesn't talk to me. Blaming God, all right? Yes, sir. He's ignored, okay? Right, okay, all right? Okay. He first starts singing, that's a man. Tell me what's wrong. Y'all, them stylistics, you know who that is. Come on, you're going know to talk about when she starts singing. Lord have mercy. Them the stylistics. Yes. Unloved. Okay, so I guess what I'm saying to you in all of these, does anybody have one that was just burning that we didn't, that we didn't call out on there? Let me see. I heard repetitive cycle. I heard communication uh, issues. I heard, oh, oh, I heard that, that, that we don't know each other's love language. What does it take? To please you, right? I want to know, what, and if you knew your love language, right? When he's, saying, when he's saying, tell me, he's saying, you tell me what I need to know about how I can make you happy, right? How to satisfy you. And, and that's a frustration. Someone did say frustration, right? He, any, any others? I heard, I did hear that piece. What? Pain, all right? Pain was a part of it. so, yes. temp what? Temporary fix. Okay, you, where'd you hear that Then you hate me. Right. It, it's not sustaining because we keep trying to do it ourselves to some degree. Okay, I got it. All right. Yes. Ooh. Oh, we're through. Good. I didn't get that. She said, I heard an ultimatum, right? How many of y'all ever getting No, I'm just saying. Don't, don't. You get your stuff together. If you don't get your. To the left, to the left, everything you, that was the second song I was going to pick. Everything you got in the box to the left, (laughs) right, get your stuff, right? Ultimatum, all right, thank you. All right, give yourselves a hand. That was good, that was good. That's that's what we hear in these breakup or strained kind of relationships, right? Now, how many of those same words could apply to our breakups with God? How many of us have ever been frustrated? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How many of us have ever blamed God? God, you could have stopped this. You could have changed that. Well, if you knew this was going to happen, why didn't you? Right? Why you put me in this place when you knew I couldn't handle it? (laughs) All right? We can blame God right? And there's nothing wrong with that. These are just emotions that we feel. What other ones are in our uh, uh, vertical relationship with God that you hear? Inconsistency, right? Inconsistency, right? Um, I'm sorry. Trust. Okay. All right. Good. Good. I put misperception. I, I, uh, I wrote down in my relationship with God, I sometimes don't perceive things accurately. When I come home from work, you're on the phone talking about how bad I treat you. How, how does he know what she's talking about? Unless she tells him, right? Sometimes I have misperceived things that God was doing to me in tough love to be harmful and painful when he was really trying to love me and correct me. All right? All right. Good enough. All right. Next slide. You can see this on the screen. I hope for you to go to your Bibles. Revelation 2, verses 2 through 5. Uh, it's actually uh, 1 through 5. I wrote 2, but it was actually 1 through 5. Is up there. These things says, he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, I know your works, your labor, your patience, All right, so that's the premise of tonight's lesson. This is the whole thing that Tony Evans writes his books on, his his book on, right? Returning to your first love. Look at what he says. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you and quickly remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. All right. So, next slide. I want to go through these and just walk them through. Here you go, right? What good things are mentioned, all right? So, go back to the slide right before that. What good things are mentioned, all right? Tell me the good things. What, and, you know, so, if I'm going to come to you and I'm going to say something about where we are and what our situation is, I ought to start off with, this ain't all been bad, right? What good things are mentioned? What do you see? All right, right? This, this is a model also for us, right? If I'm trying to get back somewhere, I got to say something good, right? That chicken you cook, I love that meal when you make it, right? I love it when you do this. I'm still excited about this. I really appreciate you for this. Can I make, can I say one thing though that I need to share? Now I see it all of the right stuff at first, right? The Lord never comes to us with reprimand before he comes to us to say to us what he loves about us. He's saying that, He I want you back. This is Christ speaking to John at the Isle of Patmos. He says, I want you. I want to be in relationship with you. But look at what he says. He says, I know your works. Let's go through them. I know your works. What is that? I know your wor- I know what you're doing. I know what you're trying to do, right? Even if it's not coming out right, I do know what you're trying to do, right? I know your labor. Works and labor are two different things. I know the the hard work you do. I know the activities you do. I know where you labor. I know where you put in that effort, right? What is the next thing? I know your patience, right? I know your patience. You're in an evil society. You're in a place. He says, I know your patience and that you cannot bear those who are evil. You've been under some severe pressure. I know it's hard to put up with 45, amen. That's literally, I mean, he's saying to them, I realize they're at Ephesus and he's saying, look, there are some leaders and there's some corruption in your society. And I know that when righteous people listen, listen, y'all, I know that when you are on your job, you show up and do the work, even when it don't feel good. I know you keep on teaching. I know you keep on preaching. I know you keep on serving. I know you keep on doing what you're supposed to do, even if you don't get the support from the system you're supposed to get it from. I know you keep on sweeping the floor and mopping, even though the other folks who are supposed to be doing it outside smoking cigarettes all the time. I know. He said, I know. That's what the Lord is saying. I am fully aware, right? And he wants us to know that because what happens to us is that when we don't think that the Lord knows, we start taking matters into our own hand, and that's what leads us away from God. When we start taking matters in our own hand, when we start saying, you know what, I'm going to fix this myself. I'm going to do this myself. They were in a society, in Ephesus, they were in a society there where things were not going well, right? Name some of the stuff that's not going right around us. Well, I'm going to tell you, when I hear another child get shot, I heard one, you know, and I'm like, you know, and I, I'm frustrated, right? I'm frustrated I'm frustration, I, I'm a person that grew up and lost my brother at an early age. I am frustrated by the death of a people prematurely by violence. I am, I'm, by violence, period. It frustrates me. That we make guns easily accessible in our society. That I can stand in line for two hours to get a gold star on my driver's license and I can go online and get a gun permit. That I can go to Mississippi and buy 50 guns in one day and transport them back across the state line. And if the police stop me, as long as I don't have 51, I'm okay. Who needs 50 guns in one day? What am I doing? I'm buying and selling. Come on. I get frustrated. I live in a society where we got some laws that frustrate me. I'm frustrated we got $732 million of Tennessee assistance for needy families that has not been spent over the years in a bank account. And we got people who are homeless on the streets that frustrates me, right? And as a result of my frustrations, you know what I could do? I could stop praying and stop. But the Bible tells me pray for those who are in leadership. Pray for 45. Pray for 50. 50 is the governor of Tennessee. Or Tennessee. He's the 50th governor. So I got a 45 and a 50. So when you hear me say, Lord, bless 45. Lord, bless 50. I ain't talking about the plays or the Steelers. I'm talking about real people. But I got. I don't get to here. Here, folks. Here, this, this is this is the dropper. You don't get to stop doing right when wrong is on the throne. You don't. You don't. You don't get to stop doing what God tells you to do because you don't feel good. So here's what He says: I know your works, I know your labor. I know your patience. I know that you cannot bear those who are evil. You have tested those who say they are apostles and are not. So not only is there evil in government and corruption, but it's saying what? Now you got fake preachers coming through. You've attested the apostles and they say they are not, right? These folk over here talking about I'm the miracle worker and all this. And you know by the word that they're not. And here's what happens with us. What happens when we see evil begin to prosper? Psalm 34. What happens, Psalm uh, Psalm 37, I'm sorry, what happens? We fret, don't we? Fret not yourself because of what? Because what? They shall soon be cut off. What happens when we get caught up in evil society? Come on, y'all think with me tonight. What does it say? I am destined, my hearts are set in me. Do not fret, Psalm 37, because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they shall soon wither. But it's hard to do that when you see it all around you. And so what will happen to us is we'll get frustrated, right? And here you are, the say good person, and you'll quit going to church. What good is it for me to go to church? Why am I paying my tithes? Why am I doing right when all this wrong around me is happening? He knew what was going on. He said, you've tested those who, are, who say they are apostles and are not, and you found them liars. Listen. Nothing is more frustrating for you to be doing right and the person that is closest to you to be doing wrong and they look like they're getting ahead. Come on, talk to me. Nothing can be more frustrating, right, than you are out here trying to do what's right and getting up going to work every day. And you walk by three people who don't go to work any day and they always prosper, right? Your mind comes fully set, Ecclesiastes, because evil is not executed against a sentence it is set, fully set within the hearts of men to take those matters in their own hand. Ecclesiastes chapter 8. He said, when I see stuff happening and I see other folk getting away with it, guess what I want to do? I want to go and get in it and fix it myself or I want to dibble and dabble in it a little bit and do it. Right? But it shall be well with those who put their trust in the Lord is what that verse goes on to say. Watch what he says. You, they say they are apostles and are not. You found them to be liars. And you have persevered, right? In all of that, you have persevered and have patience and have favored, labored uh, for my name's sake, and have not become weary. So let's get all of the good out of that verse real quick. What does it say? I know your works. I know your labor. I know your patience. I know you can't bear those who are evil. You've tested those who are apostles and are not. You've found them to be lies. You've tested them to be lies. And in spite of that, you've persevered. You have patience. You've labored for my name's sake and not come where. It's about 10 things, isn't it? Y'all get any more than 10? I just count them real quick on my fingers and looked at them that way. But he said, I know you have tried very hard. And then this word nevertheless shows up. So in spite of all of that, I got one thing we need to talk about. What does he say? I have this against you. This. Not a list. In some of the other churches, this was the list, this was the seven churches that were in the book of Revelation in Asia, Asia Minor. He says, look, I got this one thing I want to talk to you about. You have left your first love. Why do you think they left their first love? Why do you think that happened? Why do you think that happened? You see the good things are mentioned. There's one concern. How do you suppose that it happened? Frustrated, doing good things, doing right. How does it happen? How about I get misplaced priorities? How about I start looking at other folks' lives? All that is in the world, 1 John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2. Go there for me. What happens when I start looking over the fence at somebody else's life? What do you think? 1 John chapter 2. Go to verse uh, 13, 14, 15. Somewhere there. 13, 14, 15. 15. 1 John chapter 2 verse 15. What does it say? Anybody got it? Do not love the world. world. Come on. uh, You going to read it, Amanda? All right. Keep reading. If love not the world, all right. So first thing, where's my focus? Where's my focus? Where's my focus? Where's, 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 where should my focus be? On the Father. My focus should be on the Father, right? My focus should, if my focus is on the world and all of the stuff around me, I am about to get in trouble. I'm about to get in trouble. What does verse sixteen tell me happens when I start looking at the stuff around me? All right, let's let's quickly look at those three things. What's the lust of the flesh? Well, no, just well, all of us going to end up being sin. But what's the lust of the flesh? What, I do, what makes me what? Feel good, right? I just do what feels good to me. And it's not always sensual stuff, y'all. It's not, it's gluttony is lust of the flesh. Amen, right? Amen. Trying to be too fine. That's lust of the flesh, right? I love my hips too much, right? I love myself in the debt getting stuff done that I can't afford. Amen, right? I love, you know, doing too much stuff for the wrong reason for my health. Because I'm trying to look a certain way. Lust of the flesh. is everything that appeals to the physical and carnal appetite. I'm feeding this part of me because I see images. Images are getting me in trouble. Stuff in front of me. That's what happened. This is how I get off track. Remember, I'm trying to return to my first love. What got me off track? I'm following the Lord, but I start looking over here. I start seeing what was over there. Man, they bought a house. That's nice. We need to buy a house. Guess what we're going to be singing in a week? When I come home, (laughs) we're going to break up the makeup because my desire is driven by something I see and not from the father. But if I'm listening to the father and he's telling me what to do, that stuff either comes in time or I learn that it's not for me to have. He may give it to me. He may not. But. All that is in the world is lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. What is that? I see stuff and it produces covetousness within me. I didn't want it until what? I saw it, right? I didn't really want it. Matter of fact, I've been living without it, right? Anybody ever looked at something and said, I need one of those? you were supposed to say no to that question. This supposed to be the saved group, right? No, I don't ever do it. Yeah, ooh, I need one of those, right? Or oh, I don't have this. Or oh, I need to do this. Why? Because I haven't done it in a while, right? Ooh, I want some of those. And we have to be careful that our eyes don't get us in trouble and carry us into things and into places where God would not have us to necessarily be or necessarily go, all right? Thirdly, what is the third one? Pride of Life, what is the pride of life? Everything that appeals to our attitude that lifts us up. A sense of arrogance, a sense of I am, I'm I'm here, right? I'm the pride of life, I'm up high. And and when I'm up here, that's the pride of life. That's all it is. It's a simple definition. It's everything that appeals to haughtiness, arrogance, and pride. In this category, Satan uses contemplation of personal achievement to produce self-sufficient attitudes. That's all he does. So I get, I get up here. And so what happens to us is that the Lord says, don't get led away from me. You love me. Remember, you love me. You follow me. You, you and I have an understanding. What gets in the way, all right? Let's name some, just, just some basic stuff that gets in the way, all right? Let's name some basic things that gets in the way. Uh, pursuit of money. How does it happen? How do, how do I get led away? What if I start working too much? Can I work too much? Yeah. Can I I do that? All right, what else? What else can lead me away? Competition. Competition, right? Competition. I hear that among clergy. There's there's a terrible area. Clergy, competition. Is that? (laughs) Why would you laugh? He said, Clergy competition, right? Uh, I see you have it, so I'm going to do it too. But if God didn't tell you to do it, then you should not be trying to do it just because somebody else could do it, right? Because that's the pride of life. I know I'm as good of a preacher as you are, so I can do that too, right? Competition, and competition can get into any area uh, where if they can do it, surely I can right, not just among clergy but because I am a clergy person I see it, Uh, I you know, there there are a lot of uh, my friends who play golf and they're good stuff like that, and so you know, in order to, and what I, I told the staff at the beginning of the year one of my goals is not to be a par golfer I'm not trying to be the best golfer right, I'm also I put comma, and Tiger Woods will not out preach me right? So where my focus will be will be on learning the gospel and, and perfecting my craft. Now if Tiger come in here and I'll preach me, I got a problem. Got a real problem with that, all right? Because that means I haven't been giving adequate time to either discipline. But if I don't, if I get on the golf course and I shoot a 100 and he shoot a 60, I'm going to say, man, that was great. I almost beat you. And you know that's 31 shots apart, Right? But as far as I'm concerned, as amateur as I am, that's real close. But if he come in here and break down Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in ways that I never could, and he ain't never gone anywhere to learn anything about, it, and just did it in one day, I'm like, wait a minute, I got to go back and work harder. Not because I'm competing, but because I know my priority, right? It's my priority. All right. So what else? Look at it. Keep going with me. What else can get in the way? What can get? How do we suppose? Go to the uh, third slide, I believe. The concern in the text, what is the concern? Is that they have left their first love, right? The concern in the text is you've left your first love. What drew you away? What drew you away? How does it happen? How does it happen? Fear of missing out. Okay. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I did not. Say more about that. So let me tell you, first of all, I just had two illuminations. I don't call them revelation, but the word is FOMO. Right, I try to keep up on my terms. I know what YOLO means and things like that. But when somebody said FOMO, I thought they was cussing me. <laughs> I really did. I'm so glad to know that they it wasn't I, That's cool. I'm glad that. You know where my mind went, don't you? I'm sorry. That's, I'm old. You got to forgive me for that. But cool. So that fear of missing out. All right, I should have known that, but fear of missing out. OK, I got to try everything. I got to be in everything, do everything. OK, and it leads me away from God, right? OK, what else? What happened to us? The cares of life. life. Stuff I just, I I got this to do. I got that to do. I got to work. I got to sweep. I got to wash the car. I got all this stuff to do. The more stuff I get, the more stuff I got to maintain, right? Good, all right? What about fear of not being cool and accepted? Okay, so so I failed religion three times or two times. I passed it on the third time because I did not want people to know that I knew what I knew. I didn't want to be the guy in class that knew. And so I was in class with religion majors. I wasn't a religion major when I was in undergrad. And so I was trying not to outshine them because they were religion grads or religion majors. And my teacher heard something in me that you know I would say things and he kind of knew that I knew some things. I had been doing this since I was a kid. And so he was like, yeah, gave me a C and then he failed me. Gave me an I, you know, incomplete. I was like Dr. Guy, C is passing. He said, not for you. I was like, oh, dude. I had to take his class again the next semester. Right? I had to take his class that I was a senior, believe it or not. Freshman religion. <laughs> but Fear of, not, I, I didn't want my peers to, to classify me as being uncool or being a nerd. Yes. Wow. Wow. That, that, that can lead me away. God is taking you too long to get me where I think I'm supposed to be. So I'm going to go ahead and get there on my own. All right. Yes, sir. So you're saying the very one who did it for you, you'll turn around and leave it for what he did. Right. Could that be why some of us don't get it? Because he knows in our heart what we're going to do when we get it. Yeah, that might be the reason. Right? That's, that's good. That's insightful. Yes. That's, yes. And now come Wow. And right it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Amen. Now, what'd you do? Tell on your brother. Now, no what'd car. you do? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. She said she didn't get didn't no know car, know so, no so I finished school. Right. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. So what, how, how did this happen? Our priorities, we, we, uh, our priorities get mixed up. We can simply put it that way. Our priorities get twisted. We get our priorities twisted. I want to read something to you from the book. So we have a problem. Because we are imperfect people in an imperfect world, it is easy for us to get our priorities messed up. And the place where we often mess up is getting our eyes and heart off Christ and on something else. It's called leaving your first love. That's what he says in the preface. And that's what got me. I promise you, if there ever was a thing that I could see clearly when I first picked this book up and started reading it, Here I was, like, Lord, I prayed, God, please let me go to college, right? I'm the poorest kid in the neighborhood. The Lord let me go to Morehouse College. Oh, thank you, Lord. Let me finish. Thank you, God. Let me get a job right after I finish. Oh, thank you, Lord. And guess what? Then I stopped doing the stuff that got me to where God had allowed me to be. Oh, I'd go to church. I'd drop in. But that fervent serving, that living up to my full potential in him, that submission of my will to say, God, what is it you want me to do with this life you blessed me with? I mean, you gave me all these opportunities for something. You didn't just let the poorest kid in South Memphis go to one of the most elite schools in America for free, for nothing. I paid something, but, you know, I didn't have a debt when I got out. So here was the point. I'm like, wow. My priorities got way. And guess what? I discovered what money was. I know none of y'all have never been there. It is until you've been jet poor, you know, that you discover what money is. And then when you discover it, guess what? You start running after it. Priorities got messed up, right? Anybody else? Priorities, right? All right, I'm going to give y'all something that you don't want to hear, okay? You don't want to hear these. And ain't nobody here ever suffered through these, right? But popularity with the other sex. You know, when you was the girl in school that didn't nobody call, or you was the guy with nobody go out with, all of a sudden you that thing. ooh we. Have you ever seen it? You ever see that? Y- y'all shaking your head like, y- y- I ain't ask you, have you ever been it? I just ask you, have you ever seen it, Right? Right? You saw that girl who was always going to school and always doing this stuff and that guy who was always that guy. But all of a sudden, they got popular with the opposite sex. And when they got popular with the opposite sex, they love the attention. And when they love the attention from the opposite sex, guess what they do? They start catering to that because that's a trap that the enemy sets. He says, you fine, you handsome, you good looking, and then don't, let, don't have some money to go with it. Oh, Lord. Don't all of a sudden, you know, start looking good and have all of the creature comforts that go with it, and now you weren't getting invited to no parties, and now you're invited to all the parties, and guess what? In order to be in all the parties, you do what the party people do. It is one of the misplaced priorities. It's called catering to the culture, right? One of the churches did that in the book of Revelation, if we ever go through those again, I'll. what happened to the people, what God told his people when they got over into the land, when he was giving them the promised land, he said, don't go over and start acting like the people in the land. Right. And what happens to us and our our priority change, what can get us get in the way is that we can start becoming popular in our own environments. And when God gives us popularity and notoriety, you know, I had to remember that. And I remember that often. I always tell people to say, well, uh, come and do this and come and do that. I said, nope. I so, well, do this and do that. No, nope. one of the reasons I won't go places and do things except for, you know, preaching or either take one Sunday off here or there is that nobody knew me before First Baptist Church. And God allowed me to serve at First Baptist Church. Now everybody knows me. And so now I can forget about what God gave me and start catering to the stuff that people try to lure me into, right? And so I said, no, nah, this is first. This is absolutely first. And so you got you know, to remember first love kind of stuff. Drive back and teach the Bible study tonight. Call somebody and tell them to teach them. Nope. I remember a time when I wish I could teach Bible study. It was raining coming out of Mississippi today. I was like, it's going to rain, but I'm going to teach this Bible study tonight. devil is alive. You know. <laughs> get back and teach that Bible. Because that's, my, that, that's what I want to love and do. And I want to be passionate about it all of my life. All right? What else can happen? How can we be lured away? How can we be lured away? Can family do it? Can children do it? Can spouses do it? What else? Trying to keep up with the Joneses. Somebody said a house. Okay. All right. Can I give you one that's going to shock you? Can church do it? Yeah. The activity of church is not necessarily the priority of God. A lot of folk get caught up on the status of being in church and having a position and not serving God in, with, or through that position. You can be in church all day and not serve God because if you do it your way and not God's way, We were having a meeting one time. It's been many, many years ago, and we were talking about something. I said, well, y'all, the Bible says, and somebody said, I know what the Bible says, but here's what I believe. I was like, oh, be careful. Because now what you said is what you believe is more than what God has said. Right? What I feel and what I hear and know in the Lord is always God first. Church can make us, it can become our priority, and we don't love God just because we go to church. Just because we're running in and out of every activity don't mean we, and look, that's why I tell folks sometimes, look, don't be in here air Sunday talking about, oh, I'm here because I love God and your mind ain't really here, your heart ain't really here. Y'all gonna miss me some Sundays, I promise you. I'm gonna love God from the golf course. Oh, God, let me hit this shot. <laughs> and then when I hit, a oh, hallelujah. Oh, bless his name. That's exactly what I'm gonna do, right? In my heart. All right, what else? Lead us. How does it happen? I need to wrap up. How does it happen? All right. How does it happen? What is the way of return? Go back to the scripture for us, if you can. Go back to the scripture piece for us, Patty. Thank you. What is the way of return? Let's read verse 6. Remember, first of all, first of all, first of all, first of all, remember. Don't try to repent without remembering. All right. You can't repent from something that you don't remember. Right? Big mistake we have. How many of us try to show people we're sorry by cooking them a cake and don't know why they're mad at us? We just want to make it better, don't we? We want to make it right, right? Let's just make this right, right? Just tell me what's wrong. He said, remember. Remembering causes us to do what? Rehearse in our own thinking. What really happened here? Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Take me back and help me to remember what this relationship used to be. What was the core of it? What did we have in love commonality that we shared in intimate ways? God, show me, what does uh, rest- what, what, what the, uh, the verse say? Restore unto me the what? Joy of my salvation, right? Remember that feeling. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. And then he says what? Repent. Don't try to rush to repentance without remembering. The process is remember, repent, and then do. But don't try to repent and do without remembering. Why is it important to remember? What do you think? What does remembering help any of us do? Learn from our mistakes, right? Own. Take ownership, right? We take ownership. That was another one. Okay, what else? What does remembering help us to do? Gives us something to look forward to. Gives us insight. Did you say that? All right, good. Very good. Both of those. All right, what else? What does remembering help us to do? We, uh, renew what it first was. Hey, hey, anybody ever burn your hand on something that was hot? Right? You remember it? So when you see something that looks remotely like what you burned your hand on, what you start doing? It protects you. Remembering if you see if you repent without remembering, you are likely to go do it again because all you were doing was taking a moment to say, let's get it out of the way. But true repentance starts with remembrance and that remembrance says in my heart, I get this thing right. Man, look, there was a pothole. It's a pothole uh, on Quince coming down the backside of Quince right there by those apartments, Kenan, right? I hit that thing one Sunday morning on my way to church. Bam! I thought I had took my car for real, right? Guess what? They done fixed that pothole about, about three times. I still remember. And when I'm going that way, you know what I do? The ducks be out there walking and everything. I'll wait for everything. I ain't going to let nothing. Look, I remember that pothole. I thought I was going to be out there pushing at 5 o'clock in the morning. I get to church early on Sunday. Like, man, it's dark out here. I remember that pothole. I ain't have to hit it but one time. Right? Remember from where you have fallen. What else does remembering from where I've fallen help me to do? Anybody ever been up here? It helps me to be thankful. I'm thankful that I can get back to where I was in the Lord. I'm grateful. I'm thankful that he first allowed me to be there, right? I made a mistake. But he's saying, it's not over. He's saying this one thing, this one little thing is not enough to destroy our relationship. Remember the things from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works. He said, or well, else I'll remove you. But look, if, if, you, if you do those things, those three things, remember, repent, and do, he said, I'll restore you. That's the thing. So I want the restoration out of my remembrance. Sometimes I made some bad choices. Amen. I know I have. Matter of fact, when I started trying to remember mine, I just ran out of paper. I was just right, these little blocks right here wasn't enough for me. So I was like, Oh, my goodness. And so in returning to your first love, I want to go on and and, and set us up for next week's lesson that we'll do in the Mardi Gras uh, session of what we do. There's something that he says um, in this lesson that I think can happen to us. And I want to deal with this. Don't let worry choke you. Don't let worry choke you. Right. Don't let worry choke you. Don't let riches rob you. And don't let pleasure have an improper place in your life. God wants us to enjoy life. He doesn't want our priorities to be off course. But he doesn't want worry to rob us. He doesn't want riches to rob us. And he doesn't want pleasure to be in an improper place in our life. I'll pick up on it on that spot on next week. All right. Worry, riches, and pleasure. Worry, riches, and pleasure. Those are things that can sometimes. Worry can get you off track too. Because sometimes you're worried. And then worry, you kind of let you know, your mind run way too far, right? Riches can get you off life because you become protective and guardian. Um, we had a, a, a conversation once that it's easier to give when you have nothing and then to build a habit of giving as it increases than to all of a sudden have something and then start giving. When you give from $2.50 and you tithe, it's a what? Quarter. So you just say I give a quarter. But when you get twenty-five, when you get two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, that's twenty-five thousand dollars. And then what do we start doing? That's a lot. Right? We start going now. That's that's wait a minute. I'll give a little bit at a time, right? But if you start the habit at a young age, or if you start it early, and you just give incrementally as the Lord has blessed you, it's not that hard because it's in the heart to do it, and you're looking at what God has done, so it can sometimes rob you. Any questions on tonight before I wrap it up? I know we've got to get out of here. Uh, it's easy to get our priorities messed up. This, this first introductory lesson, uh, if we go back to um, the, the very beginning of it, it's just simply returning to your first love, trying to get back to that space and that place when we look at loving God and trying to do things purely Listen, if I gave you three quick points to take away from the lesson tonight, don't let the world get in the way. That's number one. Don't let the world get in the way. Don't let your discontent with the stuff around you cause you to become frustrated in life. Don't let the world get in the way. He said, I know that you are, you know, you remain patient even though you got a lot to be frustrated about, all right? Uh, Remain patient. Uh, even though you got a lot to be frustrated about. One of the things that that society was experiencing was corruption in the society, amen? All right, second one I would tell you is let your walk with God be your concern and let others walk with God be their concern. They had a problem with the priest in that particular day, remember that? Don't let folk in church trip you up, amen, amen. So many people get tripped up by the stuff going on around them, and then by other people, and you say, well, they ain't doing right. That, let God deal with that. Fret not yourself because of evildoers, for they shall soon be cut off. And finally, when the Lord begins to prosper you and bless you, don't let your priorities be, uh, be the thing that causes you to get off path. Don't let your priorities get you off path. All right? Don't let your priorities get you off path. All right? Don't let your prosperity, your priorities, Get you off path. Amen? Those are the three. All right, let's get out. Questions? Any questions from anybody? Any questions from anybody? Any questions from anybody? All right? All right? Going once, going twice, going three times. You can read about all seven of those churches. This was the one that God said, I only have one thing against them, but it was a big thing. You have, you have uh, strayed away from your first love. All right? Good. Let's give the word a hand on tonight. All right? Thank God for his word. I pray that it enlighten our understanding in some way. As we continue to talk about love, we have one more lesson on next Tuesday. We'll be Are we in Victory Center next Tuesday? Uh, in Victory Center next Tuesday because we do some fun stuff. We kind of uh, do the Fat Tuesday fun thing. Next Tuesday is Fat Tuesday. Uh, starts the, uh, the breaking of the fast starts the next day. Uh, we have Ash Wednesday service following that. So uh, I encourage you, if you want to come, The imposition of ashes, I'll teach about that on next Tuesday night, what that's all about, the symbolism and where it comes from uh, and how we uh, remember our own frailties before God. And then the 40-day period of Lent where we journey together uh, in deepening our spiritual devotion and discipline, uh, our prayer time, our personal fasting, and uh, our gathering for preparation for uh, Resurrection Sunday morning. Lord says the same, our theme and sermon for Resurrection Sunday morning is and the life. The whole period is, he says, I am the resurrection and the life, right? And so I want us to focus on the life that comes after the resurrection. What is it that God has in life for us uh, as he resurrects us from sin and as we will be resurrected again in the afterlife? But if we're not enjoying the life that comes after the resurrection, then we're missing a great part of it, amen? And not necessarily in a a carnal way, but we ought to be able to enjoy the life that God has given us. Uh, And enjoying the life is the thing that God is is focusing on, focusing uh, the staff and I on during this period of time as we journey towards Lent. All right. Any first time visitors with us on the night? Anybody here for the very first time? All right. All right. Yes, sir. God bless you. Thank you for being with us. Both of y'all. All All right. Two brothers with us. Uh, Share your names with us if you want to. Mr. Wardine. All right. Thank you. Did you want to share your name, sir? Did you hold your hand up? Mr. Cleves? Cleves. Why do I know that name, Mr. Cleves? We don't talk about that after church. I think I know your name, Mr. Cleves. All right. We'll talk about it after church. All right. All right. Thank God for those two men who have come and joined us. We always extend an invitation to Christ. Uh, We never know if there's someone among us who wants to give their life to Christ. And really return to their first love. That's really what this is. A lot of times people for whatever reasons. One of the things I I failed to mention. One of the things that causes us to kind of. uh, Fall away from our first love. Is experiences that happen to us in church. It's real. I mean that kind of stuff happens. And. uh, I would be the first to tell you. Don't let that separate you from the love of God. God's love is greater than that. Misunderstandings occur and things happen but God is still God and so if you need to return to your first love in Christ Jesus tonight is a good night to do it it's a great time to do it amen Door of my father's house is open if you're here and you want to come please do uh, if you don't have a church home or a church family we'd love to be that family for you alright alright All right. praise God we have none but we always have Rome alright let's stand let's get ready to get out of here Go ahead, man. That's Luther Vanduos. Love, truly, being good to me. I could sing that, but that's all right. I won't do it today. Uh, as always, we leave an offering tray if you desire to give. If you have not been able to give your tithe during the course of the week, uh, please, on tonight. It helps our church to grow and, par- and prosper and be all that it would be. Connect with someone in the audience. Hold hands with somebody. Make sure you know their name. Don't be holding hands with nobody that you don't know. Amen. Make sure you speak to them. Say hello to them you see them in the mall, try to remember them, all right? All right. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that uh, even though we can sometimes lose our way, you bring us back. You draw us close to you and you keep us closely knit to you. I thank God that you, I thank you, Lord, that you love us so much that even though we try to be faithful on the journey of walking with you, if our foot slips and we go astray, God, you bring us home. You say, hey, just remember how things used to be between you and I. Make it like it was. Bring us back to that point uh, where we commune and fellowship. And I wasn't so busy trying to keep this stuff I got. And I wasn't ripping and running all the time where I didn't have devotional time, prayer time, uh, time to speak with you in the morning, talk with you in the evening, pray before I go to bed at night. Don't let me get so busy, God, This stuff leads me away. You're the one that gave me the stuff. You didn't give me the stuff for the stuff to consume my time. You gave it to me, dear God, to prosper me and to bless me. Lord, keep my heart stayed on you, my mind stayed on you. Keep me in your will. Never let my activities of life, my feelings about the society around me, nor my opinions of the things in front of me, cause me, dear God, to not love you and to do what you caused me to do. Bless us now in Jesus' name as we leave this place, but never your presence. All of those who love God said amen. All right, God bless you. See you Sunday. And you will enjoy our Preachers on Sunday. Black History Day, Uh, Black History Sunday is coming up. Uh, 10.30, uh, 7.45, we have Pastor Ken Robinson. And 10.30, uh, Shannon Brown, the uh, uh, Vice President of Operations for... Thank you for listening to the podcast. It's been my pleasure to be your instructor for the night. If you have questions, please e calm or stop by and visit us each Sunday morning between our 745 service or our 1030 a.m. service. I'm sure your heart will be glad. In order to keep these podcasts going, your donations are always enjoyed and we appreciate them. So many of you have been kind enough to send a donation to our FBC Broad uh, Cash app or to other means. Just go online to our website and look at the many ways that you can support this ministry and the great work we do not only in Binghampton, but anywhere our voice can go. The Lord told us to go into all of the world and that's what we intend to do. God bless.